was 50 Cent who penned these words in the opening song of power. I know y'all going to act like y'all know what I'm talking about. He says, I never, I never took a straight path nowhere. Life is full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. You know what I'm saying, Stephen? You feel me? Uh, he said, I live and I learn. What is 50 Cent saying? He is saying life is full of uncertainties. Who really knows what is next? Friends, have you ever asked that question, what's next? If what's next was a pair of shoes, they'll be worn out. If what's next was a shirt, it'll be worn out. What's next is a question that we often ask ourselves. And when we ask that question, we ask it in all sorts of moods. Some of us ask that question out of anger. Some of us ask that question out of anticipation. Some of us answer, ask that question out of joy. And maybe you never ask yourself that question, what's next? But has anyone in your life, anyone you have ever crossed, have they asked you that question, what's next? This time of year, that question becomes popular. I can't tell you how many people uh, came to me during graduation or after graduation and said, so what's next? I'm just trying to enjoy this moment. I just got done with all the papers. I ain't nothing next. I ain't nothing next but the mortgage. That's it. I ain't doing nothing else. Surely, high school graduates are asking, what's next? So many high school graduates are starting to worry about their, their next phase of life, when they will move into college dorms, curious about their roommate situation, whether or not they could handle the workload of college. Amen, Autumn. You may remember those days when you dreamed about a spouse, wondering what they would look like, who they were, where they were. Or once you were married, married people ask, so what's next, traveling or kids? You're like, man, can we just be married and chill for a second? Of course, as newlyweds, you ask a question. If you're single, and as you go from your 20s to your 30s to your 40s to your 50s, you are continually asking the question, what's next? Where would I live? What will I do? How will I turn out for me? What does the future hold? It seems all humans wrestle with the next stage of life. What's next? We're constantly thinking about the future. We're constantly about what to come. We all know this feeling. We, we know it on a daily basis. This, this thought of what's next is not foreign to us. We feel it when we sit down and we watch Netflix there. As we scroll through the timeline and we watch life as it is happening, it's there. We feel it as we watch one TikTok video after the other and as it winds down to those last few seconds. Anybody get caught up in TikTok videos? I mean, next thing you know, just an hour later, you're still going. Talking about I ain't got time. Uh, we, we, we feel it when we graduate and get married. It's there. The feeling of what's next is always present. And perhaps this is because we don't know we are on borrowed time. Come on, preacher. And the ultimate what next for everyone is what's next after I die. Oh, it just got heavy in the room. Believers certainly feel the tension of two as we are sitting in two places. It's 
surprise to you then that the Bible actually acknowledges this feeling. This is why I love the Bible, because the Bible meets you where you are. It's not like the Bible is not relevant. The Bible has something to say about the here and now, the questions that we have, the question marks of life. The Bible wants to speak into your right now situation. And the Bible explains the tension we feel as the signs of being citizens of today in the present is present on earth but but later we anticipate heaven and this is what the book of Hebrews says Hebrews 13 14 for here we have no lasting city but we seek the city that is to come Peter wrote to the Christians who were scattered across the Roman Empire and displaced from their home that that they were to see themselves as watch this as foreigners and strangers on earth, and that our lives are the time of your stay on earth. So here's one of the most ridiculously hopeful beliefs that we have as Christians, that we, that we are people created by God to live here on earth for a little while before in God forever in heaven. Let me say that again. This is one of the most ridiculous, most radical, out-of-this-world beliefs that, that Christians have. We believe that we'll be here on earth for a little while, and then after that, we're going to hang with King Jesus and to be forever. For the Christian then, heaven. Heaven is next for the Christian. When we graduate from this life, what's next? Heaven. When we get wedded to Christ in this life, what's next? Heaven. Many people today deny the existence of heaven and hell. I know, I know that some of us are so highly educated now. We've been to so many schools. We got so many degrees. We know so much. You actually know so little. We're still, we ain't even been to the bottom of the ocean. You don't know nothing. We've been on this earth for a century. We can't get to the bottom of the ocean. But we're so educated now, only fools believe in heaven and hell. I know, I know, Pastor, you just graduated too. You ought to be more sophisticated and educated than this than to believe that there's a such thing as heaven and hell. Though the concept is as old as time. In the Bible, the person who talks possibly the most about heaven and hell is actually Jesus himself. In fact, during the last hours of his life on earth, Jesus had a conversation with the disciples about what was going to happen when he died specifically to this question. This is a question. They say, Jesus, hey, yo, fam, homie, y'all got to learn how to have a relationship with God, y'all two steps. Homie, fam, what's up? You talking about leaving? Where are you going? Are you going to give us your location? You going to let us know? So we can get to where you're going. And so they ask this question of Jesus. Jesus, where are you going? And his answer is found in the first four verses of John 14. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house. Or not so. I knew y'all going to shout on no. If that were not so. I would have told you because I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again, and watch this, and will take you to my self. 
so that where I am, there you also will be. I just want to be where God is. Amen. And you know the way where I'm going. People treat the concept of heaven and hell like fashion. It's either in season or not. It's either cool to wear it or not. And right now in our day and age, heaven and hell are not cool to wear. Or we treat it like slang. It's either cool to say or it's not cool to say. But when it's out, it's out. When it's not, like when I was outside, I was about, I called, is that your boo? She checked me, Joe. Like, a uh, whole 360 check me. She, don't nobody say boo no more. It's bae. My bad. Y'all know y'all be on Facebook talking about we want to be hugged up like this. That's how I'm feeling right now. The young lady stopped my whole conversation, and we treat heaven and hell in the same way. They are considered out of date. They are considered old ways of thinking. We have too many degrees to believe this mess. What's next, child? Who knows? I think heaven is coming next. Child, please, don't nobody talk, about, talk like that anymore. But friends, just because something is old doesn't mean that it's not true. Old doesn't mean that it's true. Because people don't want to hear it doesn't mean that the preacher shouldn't preach it. Heaven needs to remain in our theological library. And just like a degree keeps the graduate doing those dark and lonely nights to keep going, and just like the baby growing inside of mommy keeps her doing those lonely and dark nights, so does heaven keep the believer doing those lonely and dark nights on earth. Jesus' words to the disciples in John 14 then provides for us words which frames the concept of heaven for us. They are the words of comfort, home, and hope. Comfort, home, and hope. I want to start with comfort. First of all, Jesus gives us words of comfort. Watch this. It is. It's there. Watch it. Right there in the text. Here's the words of comfort. Do not let your heart be troubled. This is a double negative by Jesus, emphasizing the comfort of the word that he was about to share. These were the words of Jesus spoken while on death row. He wasn't on a deathbed, but he was staring death square in the face. Death is looking at Jesus in this moment. The cross is near in this moment. His 33 years of living is coming to an end. This is a serious situation. And yet here it is, the loving kindness of Jesus looking out for those whom he's getting ready to leave. Ain't that like God? God looks out for you no matter what's going on in the world. No, I need to park here parenthetically because there's something good that you need here that God ain't too busy. God ain't got too much going on that he is unaware of his children. God knows what you're going through and God appalls and stop heaven and hell to acknowledge where you are. But Jesus knew it long before his disciples did to prepare them for what's about to happen. I'm getting ready to go, and some things going to go down. So I need to get y'all ready because things about to get ugly. Teacher getting ready to do 
and, and, and the Pharisees and the leaders and, and those who don't like me uh, 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 because I'm gone, now they're coming for y'all, all right? Just, if, if, if they didn't like your teacher, what you think they're going to do to the students, right? And so Jesus got to get these cats ready because it's about to go down. And Jesus gave them a message of comfort saying, don't be troubled. Okay. You didn't shout, okay. Okay. He said, he says, don't be troubled. Okay, you still didn't shout. Now watch this. You ever, you ever been in a situation like, I mean, like really going through it? Really going through it. You don't need to be around nobody. I'm talking about that kind of going through it. Like, just leave me alone because I don't want y'all to think I'm not saved. So, so just, just don't come by me right now. You know what I'm saying? Just leave me alone. Let me alone, right? Uh, 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 because, because, because sometimes uh, 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 people just can't walk up to you and say, don't be troubled. Because, because in a sense, it could be offensive. It could be, it could be irritating. What do you mean, don't be troubled? How you going to tell me don't be troubled when you don't know my troubles? How you going to tell me don't be troubled when you ain't going through what I'm going through? You best to get from around me. That's how we start talking. We start dropping stuff where our grandma get all humble jumbo, right? Because the reality is, is that when I'm going through, don't be troubled is not what I always want to hear. But it's not just the, the phrase don't be troubled. It's who's saying don't be troubled. Oh, it's different. It's different. It's different. Depending on who it's coming from, if you got money problems and a rich person says, don't be troubled, it hits different. <laughs> if you got something going on health-wise and a doctor says, don't be troubled, it hits different. It depends on who it's coming from. Here's Jesus saying, don't be Jesus. Yes, Jesus, the one who walked with them and talked with them and taught them and showed them how miraculous and revealed his glory to them. This Jesus comes to them. Tells them, don't be troubled. It's hard to imagine disciples not being troubled by the death of their friend. But this is major, though, because they left everything for Jesus. They dropped everything for Jesus, right? And their bottom, it seemed like it's getting ready to drop out. Their leader, their Messiah. Death itself is troubling, is it not? Can we be real? Have you ever walked with someone facing death? I know I have plenty of times this past. Let's be human, y'all. Death, death is trouble. Think about how this person will never call again. Think about they'll never post anything on Facebook. Ever. You think about their absence in your gatherings. I indeed had to pause sometimes and think about death, what it means for the closing chapters of Dexter Harris. I want to put a parenthesis here because I think it's important. My sister Demita says this often. You ought to give people their roses while they're still living. It's important that we, we love people and acknowledge them and, 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 and treat them kindly while they're here. Because tomorrow is not promised. Let me keep going. And secondly, we need to learn to treasure every moment in life. I remember Lauren Borla put something on Facebook that struck me in a different way. She said... I had to listen to my grandpa repeat the same thing over and over again. But at least I get to hear him do it. I said there's something mighty in that, that she's learning to cherish every moment of life because, because a time may come when that person was still there. Friends, death is troubling. 
I've been to funerals, officiated funerals. What are we all thinking at a funeral? When will it be my turn? When would I die? How will I die? Some of us say, I try not to think about it at all. What will happen next? Those are troubling thoughts, are they not? By all standards, death is the most dreaded event. And see, this is Jesus' dying words. They gave up everything to follow. And now he's talking about he's leaving. Hold on, what do you mean you're leaving? I left everything for you. My career, my friends, my social life. Jesus, I gave up everything for you. You're going to have to give me more than you're just leaving where you're going because where you're going I want to follow he's their bottom and now it seems like their bottom is about to drop out have you ever had your bottom threatened I mean you 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 ain't seen folks character until their bottom is threatened I mean like we nice I mean, I mean, I ain't never seen people so happy when them stimulus was coming in. Everybody was nice. There was no roll rage. They're like, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on back. That stimulus hit, boy, everybody was happy, boy. People buying you stuff. I'm at the restaurant. I might pay for my stuff. I'm like, all right, all right. This is doing all right. But, boy, when our bottom is threatened, and we really start to find out where our faith is. Right? And here it is. They, they haven't fully comprehended who Jesus is. So they're still kind of concerned. It hasn't really hit them that he is the resurrection. Death is troubling. Why does life have to snatch away? Well, death was not the plan of God. This is not God's original plan for his good creation. But y'all, we was in Romans for three years. Y'all ought to know this verse. Romans 5.12 tells us why death comes. It reminds us that sin came into the world through Adam and death through sin. So death spread to all men because all sin, right? Adam jacked up, Eve jacked up, and sin spread towards all of his children. That all of us are messed up, jacked up, and did some things that we said that we'll never do. Some of us have done some things before we even got here. We got some messed up, jacked up stuff in our lives. It's because we are in Adam, and because we sin, the consequence of sin is death. Oh, no matter how many degrees you got, James Brown was a bad boy, but he died. Chris Brown going to chuck up the deuces for good one day. Everybody coming. Everybody going to die. Beyonce is going to die. Cardi B is going to die. Doesn't matter how bad you are. If you are an Adam, death is inevitable. We all experience fallen humanity in our pains and trials, and grief, and sorrows, and sickness, and in death. Sin is the enemy of heaven. Sin brings brokenness. It brings chaos. It brings despair, right? Sin jacks up marriages. It jacks up friendship. When sin gets in the mix of stuff, it just starts messing everything up. But heaven is the place of wholeness. 
and order and joy. But because we are in Adam originally, we are hopeless. Unless, unless we put our faith in Jesus. You can't go to heaven if you don't trust Jesus. Now watch it now. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled, but you got to do something in order for your heart not to be troubled. Look at Jesus, the unmitigated goal to say this. Don't let your heart be troubled because you believe in God. It's almost as if Jesus is reminding us to stop looking at the small fear of death and look at the great creator God. Why? Well, if we go back to Romans, we see something powerful. Watch this. So all sin came through Adam, class, right? All died because of Adam. Adam jacked it up, and I'm so glad that it didn't stop there. That's why you got to keep reading, because as you keep reading through Romans 5, here's the good news. For if by the offense of one, watch God's economy, death reigned through one, so Adam fell, everybody fell, much more with those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. So if we're in Jesus because he got up, we get up. So God made a way out of no way, which is why we say you make rivers in deserts. Because God raised Jesus from the grave. And so if you trust in Jesus, you ain't got to fear death. Because you got grace, you got righteousness through Jesus. That's both this life right now and life everlasting. Because he lives, church, you need to get this in your soul. You need to tuck this in the pocket of your heart because maybe right now is a good time for you. The sun is out, you're feeling good. But you need to get this in your soul and you need to know it with every fiber in your being that because he lives, I live. That has got to be your song. That has got to be your song. You have got to know that. You've got to feel that. You have got to believe that. Because he lives, I live. I am so united with Christ. I'm so in Jesus. Our life is so entangled together that I cannot die because he lives. Because Christ is forever alive, we can be forever alive. If you believe Jesus rose from the dead, you believe in the comforting masters of the gospel, that this world and our death is not all that there is, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe. Do you believe? Do you believe? Now listen, heaven's an expensive place to live. Last time I read, it was... Streets of gold. It's expensive to live in heaven, is it not? Uh, see, 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 see. Uh, 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 if you get into real estate, you you'll know that you pay for the location more than you pray for the property that you're buying, right? See, I know this because prior to me and my wife finding our house, we were on Zillow. Y'all know Zillow, with all the houses, right? You go on there and you look for houses. And it's crazy because you can find a house over here on the Ave, and it could be the same house over by the beach. 
And I ain't even got to wonder whether it's in, in Miller. I, I know, sis, I, I ain't got to wor worry whether it's in Miller or on Fit because I know by the price. Jump like five G's. No, not five G's, 500 G's. And y'all, I got to admit, I'm going to let y'all into my business. I couldn't understand, Sylvia, why my wife would send me houses by the beach. Because I know that she know that I ain't nothing but a cabbage pastor here, right? And so she would send me houses at the beach. And I'm like, we can't afford houses at the beach. Now, I could afford to take you to the beach, but it's going to be a drive. You can't go walk out the front door and land on the beach, you know? We're going to call Stone here, get us some, some VIP or whatever. But she would send me houses by the beach. And I would say, why are you sending me houses by the beach? You know we can't afford houses by the beach. She said, ain't nothing wrong with wishful. Said that's all it's going to be, a wish and a whole lot of praying or whatever. And so she would send me this, but we couldn't afford. But here's the thing. Heaven, apart from Jesus, is nothing but wishful thinking for us. But, friends, I got good news. God paid the price for your Zillow house in heaven. He's paid it in full. Therefore, it's no longer wishful thinking. It's a place that you can actually go. I know we can't afford it. We ain't got money. But God reached into his own pockets and paid for it himself by the blood of Jesus. And so heaven ain't something that's too far away. Heaven ain't something that, that we may get to. Heaven is something that we can actually have. And so Jesus tells his disciples this right before he leaves. He says this, these things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Now we got to be clear that once again, you can only have this if you believe in Jesus. Without believing Jesus, none of this is for you, but it can't be. In the world, you have tribulations, but take courage. I have overcome the world. But speaking of Zillow, let's check out our next crib. Here's the big idea. When you accept the fact that Jesus died for your sins, let me slow down, rose again to give you eternal life, there is an inherent comfort that accompanies this faith. Watch it now. One which affirms the brevity of life and the desire of the next words in Jesus' statement. He says, he says again, watch this, John 14, 2. In my Father's house are many what? Many rooms. That's a, that's a big house. That's a big house. Many rooms. If that were not so, I would not have told you because God doesn't lie. And because I am going there to prepare a place for who? For you. Jesus' teaching on heaven is one of comfort, but it is also a message of home. Now watch it how he brings this kind of language of home into this situation. It makes sense because, be, 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 because home is typically where we feel the most comfort. When you're sick on vacay, you want to be where? You want to go home. You ever said, I, I, the only thing I want right now is my own bed? Anybody ever been in that situation, not feeling good? You don't want to go to no Hilton Inn. You don't want to go to no resort. You want to go to your own B-E-D because there's no place like home. I mean, Dorothy taught us this, right? Why did she ease on down the road? Because Dorothy wanted to get home. She met some dope people along the way. A scarecrow, now listen, let's get clear here. Let me drink my water. 
Now, when I say scarecrow, I'm talking about Michael Jackson now, y'all. I want to be clear. Now, I know we all come from different walks of life, and your, your scarecrow is your scarecrow. But me, I'm Michael Jackson, all right? I don't know. You can't get even, and you can't get out the game. That Michael Jackson. She met him. She met the tin man. The tin man. She met, she met the lion. She met all these dope people, but Dorothy wanted to go home. And as much as she loved people, she wanted to go home. And sometimes people will make you want to go home. Amen? Amen. Woo! People will make you think about heaven for real, for real. You ever had some folks in your life that made you think about heaven? The people that made you say, come, Lord Jesus, come. But I love the way the rapper Trip Lee said it. He says, I love this. He says this. He said, death is just a doorway to take me to my favorite lover. But I learned something about houses, being a recent homeowner. It takes a lot to make a house a home. It takes a whole lot to make a house a home. Paige and I are about seven months in, and there's still so much to do, so much decorating, so much money. There's, there's a certain way we want to make our house our home, but it costs money to make it happen. Amen, somebody. But we're in the throes of raising kids, and, so, and so, so money is a little scarce these days. All of our life on earth is trying to make our house our home. But notice what Jesus says about heaven. It's a home made for us. We don't make home in heaven. It's already prepared for us. God already got it ready. It's already done. The decor is already in place. The grass is already cut. The pictures are where they're supposed to be. The pillow is already fluffed just right. Your bed is already ready, friends. You ought to get excited about that, that you ain't got to do no work to get home ready at heaven. And when you get to heaven, God has already prepared it and made it for you. Where man dwell with God and God dwell with man. Revelation describes heaven as a great marriage feast. Indeed, it is the highest ideal of home because, e, because heaven is a solid substance which has been casting shadows of itself here on earth. Friends, at this crib, there will be no need for an alarm system. Brinks hit me up the other day. Friends, some of y'all going to get sad on this one, but heaven's so good, you ain't going to even need a pistol. Some of y'all don't want to go now. No, you ain't going to need it. You're not going to need it. You may be able to use it, but not for what you need it for now. Some of y'all grab jobs right now. Because Jesus says in this place, Mike, here it is, there are no thieves, your stuff don't rust, your Jordans don't wear out, your hair going to stay braided nice and neat. I'm preaching to myself, y'all. He said in this place, you're going to be all right. There's no sickness. Oh, here it is. Watch and shout. You don't need no vaccine. Chris, I thought they would have shouted much louder than that. I'm going to say it again. In this place, there'll be no need for no vaccination. There'll be no need for masks. There'll be no need for social distancing. 
Because in this place, sickness would not exist. But as much as that made you shout, that's not the best thing about heaven. As much as that shout worthy, that's not the best thing about heaven. The best thing about heaven is that we get to be with God. See, friends, you ain't understood salvation until God is the highest prize. You ain't taking hold of salvation until your greatest joy is not that you get to kick it with angels. It's not that you get to skip over death. But the good news is that you get to rock with the one who gives life and who is life. Oh, yes, friends, the Bible says that Jesus died not to bring us back to our money, not to bring us back to our house, but to bring us back to God. Oh, friends, that has to be the best part, right? See, 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 friends, this is what goes wrong in a lot of relationships. This is why people get frustrated in relationships. Because oftentimes in relationships, sometimes people are there for what the person have and not the person themselves. And so the relationship begins to go south because you want my stuff, but you don't want me. But here's the catch 22. If you get me, you get my stuff. So the reality is, is that what I'm asking is for you to love me. And when you love me, everything else that's with me comes with me. And so what God is saying is that, is that, is that, is that he's given us a relationship. And when we enjoy him forever, we get everything that God got, not just temporarily, not just part-time, but forever. And so hope ought to stir in your soul because heaven gives us hope. Heaven is comfort. Heaven is home. And this is the final word. Heaven is hope. Heaven inspires us. It gives us hope that Christ will return and call us home one day. Oh, this is good news right here. Oh, I'm trying not to shout this morning. I'm trying to teach it, but I'm getting excited, y'all. Excuse me. Hope is a byproduct, not a cause. Watch this. Notice what Jesus says. Got to watch the text. It's really good. I love it. Here it is. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are what? Many rooms. If that were not so, I would have told you because I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go, watch it, Bobby, here it is, to prepare a place for you, I am coming again and will take you to myself. So that where I am, there you also will be, and you know the way where I'm going. Now watch it now. See, hope follows belief. It does. Watch it. You believe God. You shall also believe in me. And when you do, you'll have hope. Hope always follows belief. So where there is no faith... There is no hope. Okay, you didn't shout. Here it is. Let me give it to you the way the Bible says. Now, faith is the certainty of things hoped for, a proof of things not seen. When people ain't got no faith, they ain't got no hope. And when they ain't got no hope, things look real dark and gloomy. But if you got faith, you got hope. Even when you don't even have that which you're hoping for. 
Okay, let me put it to you like this. There was a famous football player, y'all. Yeah, a famous football player. And the story goes like this. The famous football player gets drafted. It's all good, right? They promise him X amount of dollars. They promise him millions of dollars. Y'all, he gets to the locker room. By his locker is a check made out for millions. He grabs the check, y'all. He lifts it up in the air, and he shouts, I'm rich. Well, hold on now. Is he rich? Not technically. Because you know what you can't do with a check? You can't buy nothing with a check. But what he has in his hands is a promise. He has a promise from someone that is promising him that they're going to give him millions of dollars. And it's not just anyone promising him. Y'all, it's the NFL backing the check. And because the NFL is backing the check, although he hasn't cashed the check, he has already proclaimed what the check has already declared him to be. And friends, what I'm trying to tell you is that God is giving you hope in his promises. Oh, yeah, you're holding on to his promises. And you ought to pick that, that check up and you ought to say, I got comfort, I got hope. People looking around, you look crazy. You don't see this COVID, you don't see this pandemic, your situation looks, looks messed up, you look jacked up, but they don't know that you're holding on to a promise that one day it's going to check, it's going it's to cash, and it's not going to bounce because you know who signed it? God himself. And when God, God signs a check, that check ain't going to bounce. You know how I know it's not going to bounce? Because he owned a cattle on a thousand hills. Heaven and earth is his. And so when God promises you something that's going to happen, yes, it is. You can take it to the bank and believe that it's going to happen. I can't wait for heaven, y'all. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait for heaven. There's many reasons why I can't wait for heaven. I can't wait to love God the way that I want to love God. Anybody with me in the room this morning? You ever been frustrated with your love for God? You know that he deserves more of your love, but you get caught up sometimes in the things of this world. You ever got frustrated? You know that he's worthy of your worship, but sometimes you just can't find it within yourself to worship him the way that you want to worship him. You ever been frustrated with your own sanctification? Dear friends, this is one of the reasons I can't wait for heaven, because when heaven gets here, I'll love God the way that I ought to love God. I'll worship him the way that I'm supposed to worship him, because my sanctification will be complete. But here's the thing, but, but, but the world is frustrated with our heaven talk. And the reason the world is frustrated with our heaven talk is because we've used heaven to ignore the problems of the world. We use heaven to shut people up because we don't want to sit down and talk to them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're going through something and we slap them with heaven. Now, I'm not saying that heaven doesn't have a place because it does have a place. But unfortunately, the Bible does tell us that we need to bring heaven to earth. But oftentimes, we get so caught up in heaven that we know earthly good. But friends, see, our eschatology should impact our sociology. Okay, that's big words there, Pastor. What is eschatology? Eschatology is nothing but the study of the end times. Eschatology tells us what's going to happen in the end, and we know that in the end, we win, right? 
So eschatology ought to change your attitude. It ought to change the way you see life. It ought to change your perspectives. Heaven shouldn't make you a hard person. It ought to make you a soft person. Heaven shouldn't make you a feelful person. It should make you a faith-filled person. You say, how, 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 pastor? Here it is. My son, y'all, it's a, it's a delicate balance between having your eyes on heaven and having your eyes here on earth, right? We got we, we, we to navigate. We got to thread, but, but how do you do it, right? Y'all, I told my son that, that I'm going to get him a PlayStation 5, y'all. I haven't got it yet, but I'm going to get it. I made a promise. I'm going to give him this PlayStation 5. Y'all, all of a sudden, his PlayStation 4 ends up broke, Okay. All right, it's broke, right? It's broke, it's broke, it's no good, right? And so, and so, and so here it is. I come to him, I say, I said, man, that's jacked up. You messed up your PlayStation 4. He says, that's all right, Daddy. You're getting me a PlayStation 5. What should have broke the boy didn't break the boy because he knew that a PlayStation 5 is on the way. His eschatology broke into his existential reality and gave him hope. Now, watch this. But because he didn't have the PlayStation 5, he says, Dad, in the meantime, in between time, can we take this PlayStation 4 to the make it right, fix it place, and get it fixed? Although he knew a PlayStation 5 was coming, he still had sensitivity for his PlayStation 4 because he still needed it. And friends, what I'm trying to tell you is you can have your eyes on heaven, and that's all good, but that doesn't mean you can't weep with folks, you can't cry with folks, you can't walk with folks, you can't talk with folks. You ought to be a person that's loving people, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. Because when you care for the PlayStation 4, when you take time to fix the PlayStation 4, when you love on the PlayStation 4, all those who may never get a PlayStation 5 know that you ain't some arrogant, stuck up, better than person. Friends, when we do this for people, when we bring heaven to earth, God opens up doors for the word to be preached. Yes, he does. God gives you opportunities to talk about your faith. We get so caught up with we got to do another program. We need another event. We need another uh, 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 witnessing class when, in fact, all we need to do is to open up our hearts, open up our homes, open up our lives, and give ourselves to people. And God will give you an opportunity to talk about the heaven that you hope for. Friends, your faith ought to impact your living. And if your faith is not impacting your living, you may be a living lie. I know it because of this. When I look at Hebrews 11, it shows us something. It says, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks, though he is dead. Watch this. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life. Worship team is coming back at this time. So did so he did not experience death. I got to pause right there really fast and park parenthetically here. Enoch was so close to God that God just took him up. 
Eating that's the, now that's the way I want to go. I'm just saying. I want God just to, if you can, Lord, just go and take me up like Instacart. I just want to show up there. Just take me. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Now watch this. Watch this, church. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly what? Now watch this, verse 7. By faith Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith he commended the world and became heir of righteousness, that is the keeping with their faith. There were others who were, watch this, and this is going to come against that health, wealth, prosperity, gospel preaching. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Watch this. By faith. This is by faith. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They, they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert in mountains, living in caves and in holes and in grounds. And these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what, what was promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us, would they be made perfect? Why haven't they received what they were promised yet? Because God waiting on the rest of us to get to heaven, and God going to throw a big old party. Now watch this. Why did they live different? The text give it to us right here. All these people were still living by faith when they died. Did you see it? Okay, I need to slow down because you may not get everything that you want right here and now. Okay, you see it? You see it in the text? You you're going to die believing. But that's all right. Because God ain't a liar. He's the one person you can go to your deathbed still banking on it. Anybody else there out of time? Not with God because he can get you up. All right, you're preaching, pastor. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them. We walk by faith and not by what? Can you see heaven? Can you see it? Although you haven't touched it. They only saw them and they welcomed them. Come here, heaven. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers in this earth. Things don't work right. Things don't feel right. As Christians, we don't always fit in. That's okay. Something better's coming. Something greater's coming. Your PlayStation 5 is on the way. Let them have the PlayStation 4. You got a 5 coming. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus that there is a God and there is a heaven. And this life is not the end. You see, heaven is not just a place to go, but a, per but a reason to live. It's a reason to live differently. It's a reason to live boldly. And when you know you got better coming, you don't get hung up on the right now. 
Oh, y'all clapping. But when I say you don't get hung up on the right now, it means that you love your neighbor. Heaven will make you stand up for injustice. Heaven should make you speak up against misogyny. Heaven should make you speak up against Christian nationalism and white supremacy. Heaven, when it gets a hold of you, makes you live life differently. Why? Because we got something better, y'all. Heaven and earth may pass away, but it is well with my soul. And Leanne, that's more than enough for me, that it is well with my soul. I may not become a great investor. I may not become rich in this life. I may not have the best of everything, but that's all right. Because my PlayStation 5 is on the way.